0: You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything, with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about This and That. Hello, 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 from Podcast Land Studio. This is Ms. bren otherwise known as Brenda. And
1: this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor.
0: And we are your co-hosts of the eclectic podcast, This and That, where we talk about everything that's anything. Today is June 21st, 2019, and we are here with our 21st episode of This and That.
1: Exactly, and it is the uh, first day of spring, astronomical spring.
0: Nope, it's the first day of summer.
1: Oh, summer, yes. I don't know why I'm thinking of spring.
0: Not spring, <laughs> summer. <laughs>
1: That's true. And for most
0: people, this is considered the official start of summer,
1: correct? It's the summer solstice. I mean, summer is all over the map. You, you and everybody else keep pushing it to Memorial Day. Meteorolo- meteorologists meteorological summer started beginning of June astronomical summer, summer solstice is today which is you know quote unquote the longest day of course we don't get more time but there is the most this is the day that will have the most amount of daylight slash sunshine
0: and, and hopefully, all
1: downhill from here till winter
0: well until then you have today June 21st Lots of extra sunlight. And hopefully you will take advantage of it. So maybe you got your computer. You're sitting outside. And guess what? You're going to be listening to an episode of our podcast, This and That. Yes. I I can't think of a better way to spend your extra hours.
1: Uh, Sounds like a winner to me.
0: And that would mean that... Of the forty-nine countries that are following us across five continents, across five continents, um, we have quite a bit of shout-outs to do. We're not going to shout out to everybody, other than to say thank you to all of our listeners, including those in the Bronx, New York,
1: Buchanan, West Virginia,
0: Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Illinois. And that's just here in the United States. If we go overseas, we're going to shout out to New Delhi, India.
1: Haifa, Israel.
0: Mexico City, Mexico.
1: And Caracas, Venezuela.
0: And again, thank you to everybody. We are so grateful that you take the time out of your busy day to spend a little bit of time listening to what we are talking about. We want to also give a shout out to the military, the U.S. military. So thank you to the men and women in uniform who are listening to us, their families,
1: and those that are civilian supporters. Absolutely. We also want to shout out um, all the first responders across the country as well.
0: Now, while you're sitting outside or wherever you are and you're listening to our podcast, do realize that our podcast is free. So you can listen to as many replays of our podcast as you wish to listen to. Because it doesn't cost you to listen to this and that.
1: No, it does not. And you can... Get those downloads, subscribe to our podcasts at various locations, our home base on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly known as iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. We are also available on all Alexa-powered devices. And
0: if you'd like to send us an email... Where would they email us?
1: They would email us at this and that at That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters together, at sign about Now,
0: what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, today we, we have a new segment uh, that we've called "Living Your Passion." Brenda and myself will interview from time to time various individuals that are are, are doing just that. They are living out their dreams, what what they're most uh, passionate about, and so forth. And our inaugural session, we will be interviewing a uh, working musician here in the Southwest Ohio area. Episode 21 is our unofficial music edition, so to speak, so to keep the music theme going... We will talk about how Whitney Houston will have a new tour and album coming out in 2020. You You, did say Whitney Houston was going to be on
0: tour, right? You heard me right. Okay. All will be revealed. Okay. All will be revealed later on this podcast number 21. Right. And then we wrap up with uh, Words of Wisdom. All right. Then... I am ready to get started because not only do I want to uh, hear the Living Your Passion, but I also want to get more on this Whitney Houston tour. I think that's going to be interesting. To say the least. All right. So let's get podcast number 21, our music edition, underway. Congratulations from this and that to the graduates of 2019. You know, David, it's always great when we uh, run into folks that are truly doing what they want to do. I mean, living their dreams, making their dreams a reality,
1: wouldn't you say? Exactly, exactly. You want to find something that you're really passionate about in life and then, you know, live your passion, live your dream out. That's when you'll be truly, truly happy. Did you say live your passion? Uh, yep, I think so. Wouldn't that be a great title
0: for a um a new segment? Uh, live your
1: passion, yeah.
0: But be, we're gonna call good. it
1: living your passion. All right. Well, you gotta put your spin on it. Okay. I'll, so I'll, I can go with that.
0: Let's start a new segment called Living Your Passion, and we're gonna start it off with our inaugural invite. Good to Podcast Land Studio, of someone who is living his passion of music. So welcome to Podcast Land Studio,
1: Bernard Smith.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me here.
1: Yes, welcome. You're now in the famous Podcast Land Studio.
2: Good to be here.
0: Now, um, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, um, again, I certainly appreciate you all for inviting me and in and having me be a part of this segment. Living my passion, and I totally agree with you, David and Brenda, that people um, need to try to do that. Um, life is short, and you you really should do things that uh, that 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 are or would be very passionate in your lives. So for me, it is music. Um, playing. I'm a bass guitar player, so I really, really enjoy playing live music with other musicians. And prior to being a bass guitar player, well, that's kind of not a good statement because I started playing bass guitar back in high school, but I did stop for many, many years.
0: Back in high school?
2: Yeah, yeah, I played bass starting in the ninth grade or was it the 10th grade. And back then, um, which is the early 70s or mid-70s, Kids had garage bands, we mm-hmm. did battle of bands and stuff like that. Kids and actually
1: played instruments back then. Played instruments. <laughs> it wasn't
2: like a synthesizer type of a, a manufactured sound. Everybody had to play an instrument. You're right, David. And um, so it was real music. <laughs> I don't want to offend any other tech heads out there guys I can make music with these new style oh, instruments. Trust or me they're,
0: they're doing a great job with making music with comu- computers but back then it was real music because you were using real instruments.
1: That's true. That was Miss Brenbrand that said that. Send <laughs> your, your comments about that to Miss Brenbrand.
0: Yes, yeah, send your comments to, to me. To David, I, said it, I said it i said yes i said it i said it. okay all right sorry bernard no good, like, good good point. tell us some more
2: well we started a band and we did not have a bass guitar player and i asked my mother to buy me a bass guitar so i could start playing bass guitar with my buddies and that's how i got into music on that
1: end so, of it so that's why why bass guitar Cause we a
2: bass because player. we needed a bass
1: guitar player. <laughs> now, serious. see, I was thinking because of the time period. I mean, the '70s. That was that was the decade of the the bass. You, you know, starting with Larry Graham. Then you had Bootsy Collins. You had a whole bunch of people. Um, um, uh, Brothers Johnson. So George Johnson. If you go, Jaco Pastorius from Weather Report. So I thought it was like you were influenced. By all those great bass players But no, they just need the bass player what, <laughs> It's that what, simple it, it is that uh, simple, baby
2: But what you just said uh, Was so profound because What songs What songs are so amazing The 70s was a funk era exactly. exactly Brothers Johnson, nobody get more funkier than that And they were really tops on my list In terms of uh, uh, Guys I listened to, a band I listened to uh, but the reason I started playing was because we needed a bass guitar player. Now, I did play saxophone in high school, in a high school band. And you played an instrument as well. Yeah, right. Right.
1: I played drums, percussion, and all that stuff. And I had, a, had a, a band. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I played drums, whatever. But we needed uh, to talk about synthesizers. This is like, you know, the, once Prince came out, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, we got to have us in Parliament as well. We need a synthesizer. Whatever. So I I started picking that up. You know, like we didn't have a synthesizer. It was basically back then you you know, if you folks had like um organs and other stuff, not just pianos at home. You had those um small I can't think of the, the Casio. Brand names. Uh Casio. Well, I think it's before it was before Casio. Mm-hmm. But they had those. So I basically took our organ and re and rigged it up so it could become a synthesizer.
0: So, I never told you that story. Even back
1: in the 70s. Never told you that story?
0: No, you never told me that story.
1: Oh, yeah. We were, yeah, we were jamming. So, it, so yeah. We Re, rewired it and, and had it. <laughs> I could make it sound like a Hammond B3 organ, Wesley, or I could change it around to sound like, you know, Bernie Worrell on his ARP 2600 doing strings and all this other stuff.
0: Well, I guess I was just a normal music person, playing a piano since I didn't do anything in the band but somebody had somebody yeah had so yeah. I was
1: just normal but but when did you when did you first discover your your love for music
2: well in high school playing saxophone I liked music I wouldn't say I love music mm-hmm. but to answer your question specifically when I started playing bass guitar obviously when you start playing in, any instrument you're not very good at it but I hung in there. I practiced, I practiced, I practiced. By the end of my high school days, uh, meaning a senior in high school when I graduated mm-hmm. in 1979, I had become good enough to be the bass player for one of the top bands in Muskegon, Michigan, which is where I'm from, Muskegon, Michigan. Wow. Um, yeah, and all these guys are older than me. I was I was mm-hmm. a senior in high school. These guys are like early 20s, 21, 22 and uh
0: and they invited you to jam they came wow. and
2: tapped me to be their bass player awesome. so in a three and a half four year span more yeah about four years uh i practiced my butt off and i got pretty good at it and they came and tapped me and in my senior year we would leave on a friday go do a gig say in grand rapids michigan for you all that know the michigan area battle creek michigan um uh, and come back maybe at saturday but sometimes at sunday My parents did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't like me being gone overnight. But uh, so my passion and my love really started and
1: took off
2: really at that point in time. Okay.
1: Okay. Now you said you you set it aside for a while. One of the
2: worst mistakes I've ever made in my life. Why
1: did you set it aside?
2: Well, I I went to college and obviously I wanted to to be... uh, A very good student and get good grades and and uh and not not put my studies on the back burner to play music so so basically i stopped playing bass guitar all through college i stopped playing bass guitar i did a couple gigs but not many i stopped playing bass guitar this may shock a lot of people your listeners till i was 38 years old
0: that's a long wow. time. That's a long That's
2: time. That's a long break. <laughs> and I hate that, too, because in terms of being, uh, um, in terms of my skill sets, I'd be a lot further along, even now, if I hadn't oh, stopped. Sure. Sure. But I, I went to college. I got my degree. I started traveling for work. Work came first. Got married at 28. And obviously, other priorities kicked in. Right. You, you, you. you buy property, you have to do things around the house, you have a wife, you know, that kind of thing. Adulting. You listen, exactly. to, the, you adulting. listen to the podcast. Uh, children <laughs> children came into the play. <laughs> so there's a lot of different things pulling me in a different direction. So, But I'm glad you're having this segment, Live Your Passion, because my advice to people uh, in terms of living their passion, don't do what I did. Keep touching that passion even if it's just a little bit until you find the time to really get more into your passion even more because i did it the wrong way now when i got back into it i haven't put my bass guitar down since i was 38 years old and i just turned 58 last week and i have not put it down that one day since 38 so i do feel good about that oh
0: wonderful well you know everybody has to do things on a timing that is right for them and you were doing some things that had you put your love for the bass guitar and your love for music on the back burner for a little bit. But yes. what's great is that you picked it up again, and you didn't let it go. So um, that right there is a valuable nugget that I hope people pick up on. Yep. It's never too late.
2: Right. Well, I didn't, didn't want to... Be a person where you grow older, uh, 40s, 50s, and start to look at my life and say, I wish I had a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right. I wanted to gravitate back to something I love and do it while I was young enough to truly enjoy it. And now it's 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 a part of my life I want to grow old with. Uh, hopefully 20 years from now, I'm still pecking around on the guitar.
0: Well, if... um. What I see from today is any in indication, I think you will. You will still be pecking on your guitar and doing a wonderful job. Absolutely. So it, what's the name of your band?
2: The name of the band that I'm affiliated with right now, which is a band I started about a year and a half ago, is called 2AM. 2 2AM.
0: 2 the, is there a particular reason why it's called 2AM?
2: Well, we have a... Uh, concept of being a party band. Our whole goal is to get people dancing, uh, uh, like at a wedding reception, uh, corporate events where people really want to have a good time. We want people to get up and move around and dance to our music. So the the significance behind 2 a.m. is most bars in Ohio, and maybe a part around the country, that average time that they shut down is at 2 a.m. So our whole thing is to we're gonna keep you partying till two a.m. Mm-hmm. That's the connection. Keep the party going and at least till two a.m. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: All righty. So um, you said you just um, you started that band up mm-hmm. two a.m. band, and you this is a, a a working band that you've got for parties and gigs in the area. Now how far? Out of the range of Cincinnati, do you go? Do you go up around to the Dayton? I mean, within a, like a ninety-mile radius. How far do you do you all play and do gigs?
2: Excellent question, David. In the Cincinnati area, in the greater Cincinnati area, if you are an entertainer, um, and you could be a celloist. I mean, people hire celloists or violin players for for weddings or reception, whatever the case may be. But my point is, if you are an entertainer in this region, this part of the country, you're very lucky. You have Cincinnati and so many other metropolitan cities that are within 100 miles of Cincinnati. Indianapolis, Dayton, Louisville, Lexington, Columbus. So technically, you have access in terms of reach to all those other metropolitan cities, which is great when you're in an entertainment business because what's 100 miles to hop in the car and go drive and do a gig, go do a corporate event in Columbus right. and make it back that night if you really want to do it that way. So I, I feel, and I say this to my musician friends all the time, very blessed to live in a region like this because I think a couple of years back it was a lot of talk about uh uh, maybe not Cincinnati, but somebody getting the Olympics in this area. Was it Cincinnati's Cincinnati? Door? Was it Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yes. And, the, and the reason they were talking about that is because they could pull from the other cities. Because right. the Olympics around the world, not to change your topic in any kind of way, but uh, most of those venues, is not like within walking distance of each other. You realize right. that a lot of venues in the Olympics, one venue could be 60 miles away. Then they right. have another sporting right. event. So that's kind of how I look at entertainment for this region. Uh, other metropolitan cities are are close reach. And I love that. So we travel. As a matter of fact, we're going to be in Dayton on July 4th at um, uh, Dayton Country Club. Okay. okay. Uh, gigging there for the July 4th celebration there. So uh, we go 100 miles out.
0: All right. So when you um, do your gigs, any particular genre or type of music that you play? Yeah, what's the typical set? You,
2: you with the band, doing. I wish I brought my set list, but I should be able to think of a few songs here. Again, we want to keep people dancing, so we uh, we do some Earthwind Fire. Uh, we've it added can some. never
0: go wrong with Earthwind Fire.
2: Absolutely, uh, we've added some uh, Aretha Franklin because we definitely want to honor her. Uh, we do some Michael Jackson. Uh, we do the the, uh, do you the Moonwalk. The weekend. i don't dance well i'll take that back i do dance but and i do move around when i'm playing my guitar i don't know if i call it dancing um
0: (laughs) you just call it moving around
2: (laughs) that's about the size of that um all right do you lead singers moonwalk i don't think they lead i don't think they moonwalk but we have two female lead singers and they move around from the time they hit the stage to the time we're done. Because they, they their job as a lead singer, if you're not having a good time as a band, how do you expect your, your patrons, your guests, your people watching you to have a good time? Right. So the, the job of a lead singer is to really be uh, very, very active, high energy, and pull people into your world. And they do a very good job at
0: that. Okay. Very Wonderful. Good. Now, besides Aretha... A little bit of Michael, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Anybody else you play?
2: Uh, Rubus and Chaka Khan. Can oh, you uh, we can't do, go, tell me something? You can't good. go wrong
0: with
2: Chaka. Yeah, we do Sister Sledge, We Are Family, which really is one of the biggest songs that people gravitate to. And we typically, typically do that at the end of our show. So everybody's giving everybody hugs and we are family kind of thing that okay. that goes over real well.
0: well that's a great um, way to close out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and then to come up to date a little bit, we do a little Anthony Hamilton, um, and then we do uh, a clean version of, uh, of Curious, the song that uh, Midnight Star uh, wrote yeah. back in the day, and and Snoop Dogg kind of brought it full circle because he sampled their their music. We do that that goes over quite well as well.
1: Okay. Now um, changing gears just a little bit. in addition to the, the band, you also um, do some professional DJing.
2: Yes, that um, is a big part of my history as a person as a, as a parent. Um, because with the DJ company, I've been pro- professionally well, I've been a professional DJ I should say for about 15 years. And the way that came about, and I'm very proud of this story, and I I thank you all so much for allowing me to even talk about it. A buddy of mine who since passed, uh, uh, Daryl, he passed about six years ago, five or six years ago, and um, he was on dialysis at the time. And five, six years ago, even beyond that, Daryl was an individual who would sell CDs out of his trunk and that's back when most of us had CD players and not necessarily using digital recorders or even phones or before Pandora and Spotify and YouTube and all that in a sense. Now that stuff was kind of being ushered in at the time, but CDs were still kind of huge. Daryl, uh, I would I would purchase CDs from Daryl cuz he kind of be down on his luck. I said, "Hey man, you need some money." Yeah, man, I got these CDs for sale. I looked up and I purchased quite a few CDs. And I am the kind of person where if I'm at home listening to music, I probably have a guitar in my hand practicing the song and enjoying my my craft, which is playing the bass guitar. My wife, on the other hand, if she's cleaning up the house, she's going to have music blasting. She, My <laughs> wife actually loves music more than I do. She'll have it blasting throughout the house just listening to the music. So I looked at her one day and I said, what are we going to do with all this music we got? And at the time, we did have... Uh, we had, uh, uh, and I'm going back long before Daryl passed, a good 20 years actually, when our kids were starting, starting school. No, not that far, about 13 years. And uh, we had two daughters at the time, uh, adopted daughters that were starting college at the same time. So we needed another stream of income. That is the reason my wife and I started DJing. We needed another stream of income. A lot of times, families wake up and they say, "Hey, you know, we need to cover a bill, or we need mm-hmm. to another stream, no matter what." That's what got us into DJing, and we looked at DJing. The name of my company, so I get that uh, mentioned, is QD Productions, Q U E D E E Productions, and with that stream of income, in terms of generating it, we decided to make it a business. It was not going to be a hobby. It was not going to be uh, just something we did once every six months. We needed the money, and we wanted to really make it a viable business. So um, I went out, and I purchased uh, a great deal of music equipment all in one day. Uh, My wife thought I was crazy, (laughs) and she didn't necessarily agree with the uh, few thousand dollars I spent on the equipment, but she did realize, since I did it that way, it was going to be a legitimate business. Right. And that same day, uh, which I was 38 years old when I started that, that company, um, I bought me a very, very uh, nice bass guitar because I'm in this music store and I'm thinking, I want to get back into playing bass too. So it all kind of coincided with me living my dream, living my passion, um, and, and starting at the same time in my, at that point, my trimester of my life and i'm going into my 40s but again the dj business was meant to be a serious serious business and and we were blessed to have made it that way over the years
0: and you are still doing your djing gigs and those could be anything from something sporting related Mm -hmm. to what else
2: great question brenda we We have done so many clients over the years. We've done Procter & Gamble. We've done Children's Hospital. Uh, To name a bigger clients. Of course, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority has given us uh, uh, numerous gigs over the years. Uh, Back in the day when we started, we did a lot of small bars. Um, A lot of of nights were out until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when Mm -hmm. it was... You know, 10 degrees outside, me loading the equipment, and my <laughs> wife in the, in, in the car, um, uh, trying to stay warm. Oh, maybe I didn't mention that we are a husband-wife team. And um, a lot of times... Co-owners? Most, the yeah, co-owners. And uh, my wife truly is the actual DJ. She puts together the music. Uh, she's the one that presses play on the computer. She's the one that pretty much watches the crowd in terms of what they you think they might want to be going into. Right. Whether you have a lot of couples that want to slow dance, you put on some slow music, uh, or in this region, uh, line dancing is huge. And yep. she'll she'll the kind line of dancing yeah, is huge. <laughs> yeah yeah she'll kind of peep that out and see what kind of the the, 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 the temperature right. of the crowd is. My job, if y'all haven't figured it out, is I'm the hype man. I'm talking to the microphone. I'm talking to everybody. I'm giving shout outs. So, we did not figure out our niches the first day we started. Believe me, it took quite a bit of bumping heads with my wife and I to kind of figure out how we wanted to run this business. Because initially, I was going out DJing by myself. And we found out that to have me handle one role and have her handle the other role turned out to be a lot, a lot better. So, um,. We're very, very good at doing weddings and receptions, and I'm saying that to plug my business, because <laughs> right now in our DJ careers, we have kind of uh, gotten away from doing bars and and, and and supper club. Well, not supper clubs, but bars and, uh, and nightclubs, I should say. That's kind of not our forte, because music has changed a lot over the years, and we're not so much hip-hop DJs. We do a lot of old-school type stuff. But for, for, for young couples getting married, we're very, very good at what we do. Uh, we spend a lot of, a lot of time with young couples and preparing that night. Uh, and basically, we treat a reception like a Hollywood script. We'll prepare the script for you. I do ask um, people getting married that hire us to do their reception. Once the reception starts, that entire reception is in my hands. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the MC. I'm, I'm the one that kind of keeps things going at that time. So we specialize in that. But the biggest thing we're proud of is that we are a husband and wife team. We were very, very uh, blessed. We've made a good income at it. We, we met our goals of helping those girls financially because we needed that other income stream. Uh, we don't DJ as much now. We do larger events maybe four times a year. Uh, but my passion is, a, is, uh, playing bass guitar. DJing is a business. I wouldn't necessarily call it my passion, but it was a part of me building my passion. That's, that's what I'm proud of. It's it. Definitely it helped part facilitate of that. Mm-hmm. It went hand in hand. It made me feel good about the entertainment okay. part of, of, of it all Got together.
1: It. Now, um, as we get ready to close out the, the interview, what, one piece of advice would you give would-be or up-and-coming musicians given your whole life journey with the bass guitar and everything else?
2: You all ask some good questions. I could go on all day talking to you all (laughs) because the questions you ask really really help facilitate the thought process. Uh, And my one suggestion would be for anybody aspiring to be a... uh, a professional musician or just live a passion playing on your own whatever whatever your goals might be is to get lessons because if you go purchase purchase an instrument and you take it home and you're not getting the proper guidance that instrument may wind up in the corner collecting dust because you're not shown how to actually start to work the instrument how to tune the instrument uh, how to properly play the instrument even on, at, at a level of starting off as a beginner mm-hmm. if you go and plus if you go spend a little bit of money to get to get lessons at say the the mall a music store that might be in the mall that kind of thing you'll say to yourself well if I'm spending this money to get lessons I'm gonna go practice and that applies to piano players it applies to violin players whomever uh, guitar players bass guitar players If you want to start to get into the industry and start to live that type of a passion, get yourself some lessons, and then eventually you get to the point where you won't need the lessons, but but you will have mastered the instrument to a point where it's giving you enjoyment. And that way you won't put it down. Because we know how it is when people start things, keep it going for a while, they kind of get disinterested. The reason you kind of get disinterested in in some cases is because you didn't have the proper guidance to help you get to the next level. To see that achievement. When you see achievement, that gets you more and more excited to get to the next level and the next level and the next.
0: Now, one other question before we close out. When you're living your passion and you're having to do that with family, um, other members, um, other people that you're bringing in to help you live your passion, what would be a piece of advice that you would give For working with the team to fulfill your end goal.
2: Working with the team in terms of the other musicians? Yeah, working with the
0: team in in terms of the other musicians. Bringing somebody in like family, like your wife. Mm Or maybe working with a brother or sister or some family member. Mm -hmm. You're doing this. You're making your passion a reality because you're having to involve others.
2: People, families and I know we all have heard this sometimes, Uh, family members can be your worst critics sometimes, but in in, in a lot of cases, they're your best supporters. Um, When they see a commitment in terms of uh, uh, seeing you practice, uh, seeing you be a part of the industry, seeing you uh, actually uh, um, uh, mingle with people that have like interests, family members tend to kind of fall in line and start to support that. I would say to young musicians aspiring to 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 go to new heights, include your family members, uh, uh, people that are married, include the spouses, include include the uh, uh, if you have children, include them as well. My grandkids, I'll give you a quick story here. I know we're about to wrap up. My daughter Kayla, she plays piano. Kayla started taking piano lessons at age seven. Couldn't necessarily keep her practicing as much as she needed to, but she did start to grow with the instrument. So by eight and a half, nine, she kind of kind of backed off from it. Okay. Uh, that's pretty young for a parent to kind of keep trying to nudge him to do it. Mm-hmm. But she picked the instrument back up at age 13. Then she got really good at it, and I didn't want to see her stop at all. And she, she took lessons again for about another year and a half, became really really good i mean she got to the point where i was almost like saying kayla come play with my band <laughs> as we yeah. all can realize a freshman getting ready to go to high school did not interest her to come play with dad's band <laughs> i'm
1: sure that did. was not cool.
2: because we didn't play hip-hop we played old school temptations type stuff so uh long story short uh I hope and I will be encouraging her, she's starting college in the fall, but at some point in time in her life, I want her to try to maybe think about the fact that that piano meant something and she might pick it back up later on in life. So that's the family element that that you kind of brought out in me, Brenda, is to kind of see, especially with our children, did I plant a seed that might grow later? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It didn't take off so much at that point, even though she had some successes, but maybe that seed would t- start to take off after college. Exactly. Something like that. So,
0: Well, as we said, it's a wonderful thing when you encounter individuals who are living their passion.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks, Bernard, for stopping by Podcast Land Studio and uh, sharing your story with... Um, me and Brenda and our listeners, it's been fun having you here.
2: This has been an outstanding conversation. You all have helped me to rejuvenate my excitement.
1: <laughs> and so, next, next
0: time you come to Podcast Land Studio, bring your bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you can play a few strings for us. That sounds like a plan, Brenda. All right. I'll do that. We're going to have you back. Okay. All righty. Thank Thanks you so much you. for having me. Wasn't it great that Bernard was able to stop by Podcast Land Studio and talk with us about living your passion?
1: Absolutely. It's always great to have guests here in the studio and also someone who you can tell really, really loves what they do.
0: Right. And he is really passionate about playing his bass guitar. He's passionate about music. In general, yes. And I think he gave a lot of sage advice during his interview that I think would be wonderful if we pulled out one or two pieces and talked about that a little bit later in our words of wisdom. What do you think? I think that's an excellent idea. Okay. So um, why don't folks, if you just continue to listen to us on our podcast... You will hear more from Bernard on a little bit later in this broadcast. And in the meantime, how about for those who are listening, if you send us an email
1: about what you took away, you can send the email to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that all nine characters together, at sign aboutgreatercincinnati.com we are going to be looking forward to your comments also if you want to reach out to bernard and uh, possibly book him for a gig you can email him at djman411 at gmail.com again that's djman411 at gmail.com the 2am band has a web presence on facebook you can find that pretty easily by uh, just searching through Facebook.
0: You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. Now, what was this about Whitney Houston going on tour? How is that
1: so? Well, you, you heard me right the first time. Whitney Houston will have uh, new music and a tour... In 2020.
0: But and wait a minute. Didn't Whitney die like in
1: 2012? Uh, something like that. So we're not talking about a spirit from beyond the grave. We, we're we talking instead about uh, a hologram. So there will be a hologram tour, a holographic event, so to speak, that um, folks will be able to buy tickets to.
0: So when you say a hologram, do you mean like what you would see on a... Science fiction, uh, like something in Star Trek. Oh,
1: like the holodeck?
0: Yeah. Um, Or not just the holodeck, but weren't there episodes where you had people that were quote-unquote beamed in via their hologram so that they could take part in a meeting or... Just to talk to folks?
1: No, that's diff- that's the Avengers you're thinking of, where they have the virtual meetings and other stuff like that. But but it's
0: still holograms, isn't it's it? It's hologram,
1: yes. So it's more, and in fact, the hologram technology is more like those things, the virtual meetings, than it is holodeck in in you know Star Trek lore, because you had the holographic doctor. Those holograms could be solid. There's all sorts of things we're not going to get off onto a tangent into with the holodeck and the holographic technology of the the um, Starfleet and, and the like. This is more akin to like the Avengers and other things where people have virtual meetings and they'll have a, a table and, you know, they'll sit at the table. Everybody else around there will be a hologram and so on. But in this case, Whitney will
0: be on stage via a hologram. Performing. Performing. With a live band and live backup singers, right?
1: That's right. That's how they plan to do it, um, per um, Pat Houston, her sister in law. So this is pretty this special. Estate. Yes, and most of the, the this isn't the f- first, it, it's not, it's a novel concept, but it's not um, unheard of. But most of these holographic tours um, crash and burn and never get off the ground. So the company that the Whitney Houston estate has chosen, um, um, Bass Holograms, they have a track record of success. They've done an opera singer. It wasn't Pavarotti. It was some some other. Well, it was a female number one, but they've they've done that. Um, they did. They've done some events like uh, Roy Orbison. The Roy Orbison. Um, um, Buddy wasn't Buddy Holly Roy Robinson duet. Oh, I don't thing I don't remember. That was that I think it might have been the Grammys. So they've done that. They've done a couple different things. So they have a tracker record of success. Their holograms actually look like the people because you might recall that the voice finale about three years ago, maybe four years ago, or seasons since they do multiple per year. It never happened. Yeah, Christina Aguilera was gonna do a duet with Whitney Houston and they hyped it up for a couple weeks but the backlash was tremendous number 1 and number 2 um the 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 Houston estate was not happy with how the hologram looked and and a lot of these holograms don't look right <laughs> quite honestly so they 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 kind of nixed that that one
0: mm. well i think fans will be excited but i hear that her aunt is not too thrilled about this oh
1: Dion. Yeah, Dion. Yeah, Dion. Yeah, Dion Warwick. Yeah, Dion Warwick, Dion Warwick uh, thinks the whole idea is stupid. And I've got the quote here, actually. It says, I haven't a clue as to what that is. It's surprising to me. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's stupid, but whatever it is, that's what it is. And she, t- <laughs> that's and a she direct said quote. that on
0: Entertainment <laughs> Tonight.
1: Yes, exactly. Um so she was she's not happy about it. Um and it and it didn't get too much play. Dion's been saying a lot of stuff about a lot of people recently, so it didn't get a whole lot of play because of other stuff that she's come out and said said recently. Um but uh yeah, she's not a, not a fan.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see how this particular content concert tour does because um will people buy tickets
1: yeah they haven't announced the date i think people will buy tickets because they'll have the old music and they're coming out with you know quote unquote new music as well uh so we'll see what that's all about because whitney houston was not uh, a songwriter so how how this is gonna work i mean are people gonna write are they writing new songs quote unquote for, for Whitney to sing, and then they're going to piece it together. That's, that's going to be probably the most controversial part. Well, what also is going to be,
0: cur- I'm curious about, will this only be done inside a venue versus outdoor? Because can you do hologram projections at an outside concert venue? Oh, sure, sure. of course. But you have to do it at night.
1: Um... I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that at all. It will look better at night. Let me put it that way. But it doesn't have to. I mean, you can shoot lasers, and holograms are the, the way the way they're manifested anyway. You're talking um, lasers, at least in today's technology, for, for for projecting. And you can do laser light. You know, night day it doesn't matter. Well, it's, it's going to emit. It'll be interesting, and again, the tour dates
0: are going to be set for 2020. They haven't been released yet, but maybe your particular city will be on the um, concert tour schedule.
1: Yeah, assuming this gets off the ground, because it may not. So let us know
0: what you think.
1: Would you go to a
0: Whitney Houston hologram concert tour?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious to know because I, speaking for myself, I just can't see myself paying good money. I mean, they'd have to discount the the tickets. I I would not pay a normal price for this.
0: Well, with maybe the technology
1: they, it may even cost more. They may charge even more. Maybe
0: not discount the tickets, but they would definitely have to give me something more to make me spend my good money. To go see a hologram of any performer, for that matter.
1: Right, and I, I don't see them giving more. and That's why I'm going to the, <laughs> they should just go ahead and discount the tickets. Well,
0: let me ask you this, me. before we move on to our next segment. Do you think there'll be an opening act?
1: Like a real concert? It is, it is going to be a real concert. So yes, it's going to be uh, an opening act, more than likely. So I can't see, because it, it wouldn't be a real concert if it's okay. It's, it's all Whitney, the hologram.
0: So who do you think will be her opening act?
1: I have no idea. I have More no holograms,
0: idea. by chance?
1: I hope not. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait
0: and see what happens in 2020. As we get into our this and that words of wisdom, um, I think, like we said earlier, there are some really good sage advice given by uh, Bernard Smith that we can talk about as our words of wisdom. Uh, For example, he's been doing music for quite a while, and one of the things he said was the following.
2: Uh, In terms of living their passion, don't do what I did. Keep touching that passion, even if it's just a little bit, until you find the time to really get more into your passion even more. Because I did it the wrong way. Now, when I got back into it, I haven't put my bass guitar down since I was 38 years old. And I just turned 58 last week. And I have not put it down that one day since 38. So I do feel good about that.
0: Now, that is some really good advice To know that it's never too late to do what you love to do, what you are passionate about, because you should not go through life having regrets. And therefore, whether you stop doing something because life takes you in another direction and you have to put it on hold for a little bit, it's quite all right for you to pick it up again later in life. If that is what you want to do. It's never too late. Age is nothing but a number. Never have regrets.
1: Definitely sage advice. There's also another nugget we should share with our listeners. Here we go.
2: Obviously, when you start playing any instrument, you're not very good at it. But I hung in there. I practiced. I practiced. I practiced. By the end of my high school days uh meaning a senior in high school when i graduated mm-hmm. in 1979 i had become good enough to be the bass player for one of the top bands in muskegon michigan which is where i'm from muskegon michigan wow um yeah and all these guys are older than me i was i was mm-hmm. a senior in high school these guys are like early 20s 21 22 and uh
0: and they invited you to jam they came wow.
2: tapped me to be their bass player Wow. So, in a three and a half, four year span, more, yeah, about four years, uh, I practiced my Great. butt off and I got pretty good at it.
1: In that example, it was literally practice making perfect. Where Bernard, uh, who was uh, by his own admission, just so so, but kept at it and kept at it and got to the point where uh, as a teenager, you know, uh, Bands full of adult twenty somethings wanted him to be a part of their group. That's how much how how um, much he improved by practicing. And so, practice makes perfect. We all hear, it, but that's a, a, a perfect example of where and how that comes into play.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say episode 21 of This and That is a wrap.
1: Yes, another one in the can.
0: Well, you know, today is June 21st, right? Right. So that means there's going to be some extra daylight. Since the show is now wrapped, I think we should go outside on the terrace and enjoy a little bit more of the day.
1: Out on the terrace.
0: Yep. All right. So until our next edition of This and That, enjoy your day, everybody. And um, hope your summer gets off to a great start. All the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com Music by Pottington Bear Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, Interested in sponsorship and/or advertising? Please email us at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you, and all the best.